This track became an instant classic for ACDC back in 1990 and catapulted the Razor's Edge to number four on the Australian music charts. But have you heard this version? Today on the Mojo Radio Show, we talk to a member of the band that have had close to 7 million hits on their YouTube video of this cover version. What inspired their obscure twist on such a classic track? What's the creative process that goes into producing such a crowd-pleasing clip? And most importantly, where to next after such success? And how do they get there? Massage your mojo as we hopefully inspire your own creativity on this week's episode of the Mojo Radio Show. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Hey everybody and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. This is a show that's all about helping you get your mojo back in and out of the workplace. Or if you've already got it, how do you keep it? If you don't got it, how do you get it back? And we look to bring the best of the best on interesting people who we think have got their mojo working that we can learn stuff from and apply to our own lives in and out of the workplace, families, health, wellness, creativity, innovation, leadership, the whole shebang. But before we do any more, we should check into the studio behind the panel, the Lord of the Lounge, the King of the House Call, Robbo, Darren Robertson from Voodoo Sound. Mate, what's going on? Oh, it's pretty busy down here, actually. In the basement of Voodoo Sound, there's always something happening, as you well know. <laughs> I, um, mate, I've got to say, I'm loving these new floor coverings. I, I, I'm liking them. They're special, aren't they? They are special. I, I, between... They're, li- but they're actually not new. Well, I just, I just cleaned them. <laughs> So you're telling me that we've always had these floor coverings, I've just never seen them because of the cracks well, on the floor. You know, there was some Jimmy Barnes cigarette uh, cigarette, cigarette ash and, you know, some vodka stains from Jimmy and there's a few memories. Good times, good times. Absolutely good times. You should see the Polaroids. <laughs> now, speaking of which, uh, if you cast your mind back, last week's show with Dave Albert from Albert Music and uh, that whole story is about the great, iconic rock dogs that have gone through Albert Music and it's their anniversary celebrating 50 years. That was a that was a good show, wasn't it? He's great, isn't he? But what and what a life he's led. I mean, imagine the stories he can tell besides the oh, ones he told us. The family stories. And um mm. just just before we go into the show, um that music that you played in there, given the fact we talked about Dave and ACDC last week, mm. that was uh, that was a pretty was that that was thunderstruck. I haven't heard that version. Who who's that? That's a uh, a band from Finland called Steven Seagulls and it's had something like five and a half million hits over the last month and a bit on um, on YouTube. It's the, it's a bluegrass bluegrass version of... Um, I've read about these guys. I saw them on um, Triple M's Facebook site. They talked about Thunderstruck mm. and the Finnish hillbillies. Mm. Is that that? Mate, they're, they're getting recognised all over the world. They're getting calls for bookings from everywhere. And they've they've also done a Metallica cover. Uh, they did um, uh, some Guns N' Roses. It, they're awesome. Can we um, have you get any more there? Can we have a listen to it? Yeah, here, yeah, I have a listen to this. Yeah, 
cool, huh? Hey, that is, I'm loving it. That's five and a half million views on YouTube. That yeah. is sensational. Uh, and I've actually got a bit of a surprise for you, Gaz. Yeah? Well, Having just finished on stage in Helsinki, Levi Puki, the bass player from oh, Steven Singer. No there you go. You're Levi, how me? are you? Hey, how are you doing? Really well. <laughs> Mate, uh, thanks for making the time just off stage. This is cool. Well, no problem. No problem. The networks are fine all around, so anything goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, how was the gig? Was it a big one? No, just a medium-sized one, a regular nightclub. You wouldn't recognize it. But right. anyway, it, w- it was fun. It was fun. We've been having more and more crowd. I read that uh, you guys are actually um, getting <laughs> gaining some, some fame from all this uh, ACDC and Metallica stuff you've been up to. Well, yeah, that's true. Actually, most of the fame you were talking about is in Facebook and certain places as such online i mean there are more and more people coming to see our shows but really it's um mostly online yeah well i mean that all starts from there right mm. i guess so i guess so we're just well hoping to get something concrete mm. so are you full-time musos levi is that the are you, you full-time gigging well yes it's been that way for like maybe 10 years not with this band only but or obviously, but um, anyway, we're all more or less professionals. So how long has Steve and Seagulls as a band been playing together? Mm, it's actually very hard to remember the exact date. It was 2010, 2011, something like that. Okay, okay. And I read, also read that, um, that blues and roots music wasn't your first choice of music genre f- to begin with. Is that correct? Um, well, not really. Okay. Uh, with this band, it was kind of a concept band to begin with, yeah. like a Western type of thing for restaurants and such, but it just got out of hand completely. Yeah. So how how does it get out of hand? Like, just tell us the, the background to the bands. You started in 2010, 2011, and, I mean, being here in Australia, we've seen you guys all over the media. I mean, there's not many places I go to where I don't mention the band and the song and people haven't seen it in media. So really? ha- what, what's, what, yeah, it's, it's um, over here, honestly, you'd, you'd be surprised at, at how popular the band has been through, uh, through the media and the exposure you've had because it's, it's quite quirky. And, of course, ACDC being an Australian icon, um, what, ha- what, what's been the journey, mate? How did this all happen? Take us back. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> First of all, we know nothing about stuff that goes on in Australia. The thing is that we made the first video in YouTube we have now. But um, we changed singers just over a year ago. And with the new singer, we didn't have anything, well, any material to give out to the um, promoters, agencies and well people like that so we made a video that would be cheap and fast and easy to make so we made the trooper i guess you've seen that too mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yes. we heard all bodies that lay on the ground and the rushes by another round we get so near get so far away we will live to find another day and it kind of surprised us a little how it or well a lot how it took off 
in YouTube. So we made a couple more. The Holy Diver was not a big hit. I guess that song is not that popular. Thunderstruck, well, it really blew us away. We couldn't have expected anything like this. There's so many people that I guess are ACDC fans. And I mean, I'm one of them. But you well, look me at, too, obviously. You, obviously. But you look sure. at that video and, and you you don't take offence. You just think, wow, how incredibly creative to take something like the original version and then turn it into a blues and roots thing that just yeah. works incredibly well. I mean, I, I can't imagine that um, that Angus Young or any of their band imagined that one day someone would be playing the spoons and the anvil and the banjo <laughs> and to this song. I, I guess not. I guess not. But still, it was an, it was an obvious choice, really, for us. It was? Yeah, well... Um, we all knew the song. We had been playing that before. Actually, we had been playing it before with an with another band, um, as well closer to the original version. But this is something we just did on gigs over the last year or so. So, yeah. and besides, it's a great song. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed? To You're allowed say to. You can swear all you like. Do you? When, when you're gigging, there's the band, you you know, still on stage. You said you did a gig tonight, just come off stage. And do you use the spoon and anvil and banjo and, and accordion and upright? Is that, is that the standard instruments you gig with every night? It is, except for the anvil, of course. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we have to skip the anvil. Do the, is that where the roadies put their foot down on the anvil? The yeah. roadies just go, no, mate, I'm sorry, I'll lug your drums, yeah. I'll lug your bass. I will your not, bass, yeah. Your I refuse bass. to lug an anvil, yeah. <laughs> Man, that is if we had roadies. We are the roadies. <laughs> you are the roadies. <laughs> Come on, mate, yeah. talk it up. You've got the chance now, talk it up. <laughs> well, let, let's just see that what happens. I, I mean, let's hope that in a year or so we'll have roadies and we'll have technicians. Well, I, I see you've got bookings open for 2015. How's that going? It's going all right. There have been a lot of requests from abroad, but our agency is currently working on them. And, well, there's nothing really we can do about it except yeah. play good live. Are we going to see you down under? Hopefully. Because none of us has ever been there. <laughs> We'd love you to. So how have things changed, uh, Levi, since since this whole, I mean, I saw YouTube and there are five and a half million for ACDC and two and a half million for the Trooper and you've got, you know, the Gunners and it's just great music and great clips. How How has all this social media coverage changed in the live scene for you guys? Um, do you mean... How does the success in social media show when we go live? Yeah, that's a much better way. That's a much better way to phrase the question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There, there have been for two years. We played restaurants, nightclubs. Um, today, you really can well sense that people, at least half of them, are there just to listen to you. That's a good thing, mm. and that's a bad thing too, because they don't dance like they used to. But mostly mm. a good thing. And yeah. the crowd is um, more men now. More what, sorry? Um, there are more men in the crowd than women. More, more men. men, yeah. yeah. That's not a good thing. <laughs> well, not, not really for us, but no. yeah, we'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, anyway, to anyone who buys a ticket. So have you, um, is the musical taste of the band always been down this track of 
Gunners, Metallic, ACDC and the like. Like, is that, if I go to a gig, is that the likely type of music I'm, I'm going to hear? Um, well, I have to admit that for now, if you come to a gig, um, at least half of it is pop and some in yeah. Finnish too. So um, I guess the songs, the metal type of thing that we do is something we used to listen to when we were kids mm. yeah. growing up. I mean, that's adolescent music, really, to be honest, but uh, that's yeah. good. How do you take a song like Thunderstruck and turn it into the end product that you've come up with? Is, is there a process that the band goes through or does one of you just come to the table and go, I've got this idea or how does that work? Well, it usually starts with somebody's idea mm. of a song that, well, <laughs> should need a rendering or what you call it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, arrangement process is basically like we just sit down with the instruments or mm. well in my case I stand up with the in- instrument <laughs> not much sitting down with a double bass no not really not really I've tried that but anyway um not all songs are good for arranging yeah them um like we do I mean it needs to be instantly recognizable doesn't it yeah it it has to be and it it has to be transferred to mandolin or banjo accordion mm. so did someone did someone say uh, something like, um, hey, I just saw this massive anvil out the back. You know, why don't we grab that and dra- put, put, put in that in there somewhere as well? <laughs> yeah, it was just a massive spot of luck that it was in tune with the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you know a song called, uh, is it Over the Hill? Over the Hills? Um, Over the Hills and Far Away, yeah. Is that the old um, Richie Blackmore Rainbow track? They cover I think that? it's Gary Moore. Gary Moore, that's mm. it. I saw the YouTube clip, which I loved, and uh, I knew I knew the track, but it's Gary Moore from back in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was the Irish, Irish rocker? Yeah, I think he was born in Belfast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool. So what's, um, what's next for the band? Levi, what's, where, where do you see the band heading now what, you know, with this momentum from YouTube? Have you guys sat down to talk about the next thing? We have um, record labels interested in us and negotiations are in progress, let's just put it that way. There's nothing is really for sure now, but we're hoping to get a CD out or an album out next winter or next spring, something like that. So how do you, how do you, um, how do you describe the band? Because um, last week Robbo and I were talking about this, that um, we've, we've mentioned during this interview the American sort of bluegrass type thing, yet if you Google, when somebody sent me the, li- the link a couple of weeks ago, it had Finnish hillbillies on it. Um, how, how do you guys term it? Do you take offence to the sort of the hillbilly type thing or is it more American bluegrass or heavy metal or what do you, how would you describe it? I, I don't know. I couldn't describe it because, you see, it's not really... It's not real bluegrass. If you listen to real bluegrass, that's um, actually pretty far away from it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just influences from all over. Just a bunch of guys mm. having fun. Is that the best way to yeah, describe it? That's about the best way to describe it. It's a, <laughs> well, started off with a yeah. Western type of band yeah. as ordered by our agency at the time, but uh, it just took off differently. So who are the influences from a Western band? When you say Western, what sort of stuff would we expect to hear? Mm, we don't 
consider ourselves doing only that kind of Western thing. It used to include stuff like um, Ennio Morricone's music, musical ideas from the old Western movies and such, but now. Nah. Otherwise, oh. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't say yeah. it was just the image to begin with, but that's come pretty far from that now. Yeah. It's brilliant. If I could just say one thing that really struck me, and I think, Gary, when we spoke to um, Dave Albert the other week, I mentioned this as well. There's a, an interview grab that I have somewhere here, and it's an Australian TV uh, music interviewer talking to Angus Young back in the early days. Um, just in, when they just released It's a Long Way to the Top and he asks him what made them put bagpipes in a rock and roll song and Angus said, well, Bond used to play the bagpipes. He knew how to play them so we just decided why not and, and I, I, I can see a lot of that in, in your versions of these songs as well. It's just like, well, hey, we can so let's do it. Is that, would that be pretty correct? Yeah, that would actually be a great song for us to Cover, I mean, <laughs> to replace the bagpipe <laughs> with the accordion. That's, <laughs> it's a long okay, okay, we've got a deal so, here. This is good. This is it. Live Live I can't this. Say, we want to hear I this. I can't promise you anything, but I, I would love to do that. It's a long way to the top. It's one of my ACDC definite favorites. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. We've there got a go. new deal done. The band are about to cover Long Way to the Top. <laughs> with the accordion that, that, that's it this recorder's on tape beautiful and, and Levy we were expecting to be, to run the premiere on this show is that okay? yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, again I can't promise anything but I'll do my best we'll keep our fingers crossed I think we've got one member across the line Robbo work on the rest of the guys give us their phone numbers okay. we'll give them a call and persuade <laughs> <Yeah>. them <laughs> so um, are you writing your own material as well um I know there's a lot of covers we see on YouTube. Does the band write its own material and have writing sessions as well? Um, not at the moment. Let's just say that we are looking into the possibility of uh, making a couple of songs of our own, but not yet. If you, if you take a cover, I guess part of the writing process is deconstructing that song. So if you did take a long way to the top, you did deconstruct it to redo it, with the instrumentation and the way you guys do it with your style, I guess in a way that is kind of writing, isn't it? Because you, it's not just a matter of playing it. You have your own your own style and taste to it, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, it's not like you have to start from the scratch to build something, but you just reorganize the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Or in some cases, you just change the instrumentation and that's it. Before we let you go, mate, because we really appreciate your time and you probably want to get home um, after the gig, but um, where did the name come from? How, how did that come about? Well, uh, sorry, come again. The name, Stephen Seagulls, where did that come from? Involves actual seagulls flying over the town of Ubascula in Finland where we live in, or most of us live in. Huh? Um, I guess it, was, it came from our banjo player's girlfriend. At the time, right. <laughs> She's very good with with languages, so we <laughs> took took her word for it that it would be a good name. I originally suggested Grainsville Cox, but that <laughs> wouldn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say former girlfriend, did she leave the name behind when she departed from the banjo player? Oh, sorry, did I did I say former girlfriend? Um, it's <laughs> yeah. current girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, that'll be That'll get back. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be ringing the band going, is there something I don't know? What are you guys talking about at rehearsals? 
She can never hear this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry, we have no listeners, so you're safe. <laughs> Well, mate, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Yeah, no problem. You too. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Super cool, mate. Thank you so much. This has been uh, this has been the, it's the highlight of the week for me. It's just been, uh, honestly, you guys are superstar legends in our mind. This has been way cool. Thanks for setting it up, Robert. This has been cool. No worries. And we'll be looking forward to uh, a, a, a bluegrass version of It's a Long Way to the Top sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we're keen? <laughs> Now, I, now, I can mention it. Yeah. Levy, we need one commitment. You don't have to do the song. Yeah. But if you do do if you do, do the song, can we be the first show to play it on the Mojo Radio Show? Again, can't promise anything, but yeah. we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, we'll, we'll keep negotiating. And we've been brushed again, Gaz. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> we just weren't convincing enough. Levy, thank you again, <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Hey, thank, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. All right, all right, no problem. Anytime. Cheers. Talk soon. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. So um, I know it was your birthday last week, Gaz, but was that a pretty good surprise? <laughs> that was sweet. I mean, imagine these guys have had 7 million hits on a video worldwide mm-hmm. about something they did in their backyard. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a lot, isn't it? I just have that people see that interview for what it is, that it's not so much just about the music. Mm. It's also about the fact that these are a bunch of guys who've been gigging, who put a backyard video up on YouTube mm. and it was creative in its own way, which you know we, we, we've just discussed. And mm. that's led to potential record contracts, tours, more people turning up. Mm. They've got people around the world who now know them and, now, it's not just a band doing its stuff. It's not selective. It, it really, anybody listening can do it with any business, mm. Mm. any brand of any size. Mm. Should take the lessons that we learned you know, recently from Matt Church to say, well, how do we become thought leaders? And this is a classic example of Stephen Seagull's executing thought leadership perfectly, isn't it? Absolutely. And isn't it interesting that, you know, even as, as much as, as little as 10 years ago, you know, small business was saying it's so hard and so expensive to get our name out there or our brand out there. And here we are these days and it's so easy, so affordable and so quick and so instant. And yet so many people still don't do it. Reminds me of story. I interviewed Lisa Messenger and we're going to get her on the show shortly. And mm-hmm. Lisa Messenger is the editor-in-chief of uh, the Renegade Collective magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was only launched in March last year and it's now in the top 10 magazines in this country. Wow. And she's now distributing to 33 countries. So Jesus. she is having drinks with a friend of hers mm. who said, I, I've got a dream. She said, what's the dream? And he said, I'd love to be a foodie who travelled. Mm. And she said, well, why don't you do it? Mm. And he said, oh, I could do it. Reason, reason, reason. I could all the ceilings. And she said, okay, grab your phone, open up Facebook, post this immediately. I'm doing a trip to Vietnam in three months' time. It's a food trip. I'm going to escort it. We're going to go and enjoy food, experiment with food, look at recipes, everything else. Who wants to come? Hmm. And she said by the next night, he'd had two or three people reply and say, I'm in. Wow. And she said, that's how a business starts. Yeah. And it's a Stephen Seagull's story put into action 
mm. no matter what you feel, that it's taking away the fear and the, oh, it won't work for me into any size business or any size company and doing it. And I think Lisa Messenger is an amazing woman and we will definitely get her on the show because um, she's got lots of great stories to share and, uh, and she uses all this stuff we're talking about really well. Sounds good. So um, we, should, uh, we should wrap up, eh? We should. But uh, just before we go, we had a little bit of ACDC there at the beginning of the show. Mm. Mm. Um, and just with events of recent weeks, um, I'm not sure whether many of our listeners across the fact that it was announced that Malcolm Young has actually had a stroke and that was the reason he'd left the band. Mm. Um, being a, a bit of an ACDC fan, just a slight one, and, and a bit of a late birthday present for you, Gaz. <laughs> I, um, I've just put together a little tribute to Mal and ACDC and all the memories that he's given us along with his brother over the years. So um, I think that might take us out. What do you reckon? And that is a cracking birthday present. Thanks, buddy. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Copy that. If Angus Young is the main attraction of ACDC, then his brother and rhythm guitarist Malcolm is the band's musical anchor. Born on January 6, 1953 in Glasgow, Scotland, Malcolm and his family moved to Sydney when he was just 10. Inspired by their older brother George's success as a member of the Easy Beats, Malcolm and Angus picked up the guitar and in 1973, ACDC was born. It wasn't long before word got around about this must-see act due to Angus's stage persona. However, Malcolm carved his own niche on stage, standing stoically while bashing out Chuck Berry-esque riffs on his battered Gresh Jet Firebird guitar. When Bon Scott joined the band in 74, it wasn't long before the names Young, Scott and Young appeared on song credits with monotonous regularity. Musical historian Glenn A. Baker had this to say about the collaboration. Those Young, Scott, Young songs are absolute models of songwriting efficiency. Those songs had an, had an anthematic quality to them. There was something about going to a gig and stomping your feet and thrusting that fist in the air. TNT, dynamite. The band's brand of tough barroom boogie created quite a stir with both metalheads and fans of just good old rock and roll alike. Malcolm says it was definitely a niche that they saw and catered to, still to this day. There's very few rock and roll bands. There's rock bands, there's sort of metal, but there's no rock and roll bands. There's the stones in us. <laughs> so we really aim, you know, in, a, in an area that's going back in time and the sounds are bigger. By now, ACDC were doing anything but going backwards. But as Malcolm alluded to, their sound was becoming more and more distinctive, due in no small part to Malcolm's skill with six strings under his fingers. Take a listen to his part soloed out on Let There Be Rock if you have any doubt. With the passing of Bon Scott, a new era began for the band, and Brian Johnson filled a hole that nobody in the music industry, or some of their fans for that matter, thought could be filled. The hits kept coming, co-penned by Malcolm and Angus, while Brian recognised Malcolm's talent immediately. Guitarists are like dentists. If they see a hole, they'll fill it, you know? <laughs> 
And I think a great guitarist knows when not to play it. He knows exactly when not to play it, and that's, the, that's what makes it tight. That's what makes it dramatic. Wherever they went, they built their audience through raw and energetic live shows. Malcolm always knew there was something about the energy on stage during those gigs. Because of the what Angus does on the show on that night, or Brian, there's lots of, you know, it's just a performance. And they, they come with, well, something's going to happen on that stage tonight. They always know. And uh, that's what, what I think it is. Uh, that personality up, the two up front, the, as well as a really good man and good writing and, and determined never to change. So you don't go do something you've always wanted to do. And 25 years later, you say, it's time for a change. And Angus says that even after all these years, he still looks to his big brother for approval. You know, like, I mean, even when I've worked with people, you know, like Matt Lang, who's very prominent in the world of music as a producer and stuff, you know, even when he said to me, that's a great piece of guitar there, you know, I, I had to ask, I say, I'm not worried what he said, I'm worried what Malcolm said. If Malcolm went, yeah, that's good, you know, then I knew that it was something. After 40 years on the road and in the studio with ACDC, Malcolm temporarily left the band in April this year to receive treatment for an unspecified medical condition. In September, the band's management announced that his departure would be permanent. Malcolm has since been diagnosed with dementia and is in care in a hospice in Sydney. A thankful audience wish Malcolm all the best in his battle against this insidious disease and thank him for the memories and music that's been a part of our lives for the past 40 years. Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at the Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time. <laughs>